meditation, 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 depending on the quality of my You know, there's good days and bad days. I mean, I feel like the waterfall of thoughts. Every now and then, a nice. I can't think of anything. This is Meditation in the City, the Shambhala New York podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City podcast. My name is Francesca, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Gathering Strength from the Richness of the Phenomenal World. What does it mean to engage fully with our world? In this episode, we discuss the power of meditation to open us up to our senses and to engage with the richness of the phenomenal world. Today, we are joined by Shastri Elizabeth Reed. Shastri Reed has been with the New York Shambhala community since the mid-80s, having been a student of Chagyam Trungpa Rinpoche and later becoming a student of Sakyang Mipham. With a background in theater, dance, and photography, she was inspired by the Dharma art teachings of Shambhala and for several years led contemplative photography workshops at the center. Realizing the importance of embodiment on the path, she became an Alexander Technique teacher and offers AT-based exercises in most of her teaching. If you enjoy this episode, Shastri Reed will be teaching our upcoming Meditation in Everyday Life course, along with Naoko Kojima, starting this Thursday, February 3rd. Please join us by registering in advance at shambhalanyc.org. Here's Shastri Reed to take away the discussion. Gathering strength from the richness of the phenomenal world. We need to gather strength right now, I think, <laughs> in this time, in this day and age. And um, the ground of doing this is, as human beings, we are beautifully equipped to engage fully in our world. We have, we are um, shown and we understand that we have innate kindness, innate gentleness, innate wisdom, and innate strength. These, these are what all humans have. And when we practice meditation, we begin to access our own, um, we find our own spot and we find our own self-worth. And from that, we know how to be kind and loving to ourselves and therefore to others. We realize we all share the same journey, the same challenges as human beings. But it does come from sitting down and spending time with our own mind and heart and seeing what we find. You know, not shying away from any aspect of ourselves, completely feeling our own lives. We are the only person that's going to live this life. So it's very important that we feel it. <clears throat> so one thing that, how many people have a regular meditation practice in this room? Very good. How many people have rarely practiced meditation at all? 
if any. Okay, good. So um, those who have done some amount of practice may have found when you practice that, this is what I found initially, that my sense perceptions became very sharp, very magnified almost. I walked outside after a, a session and everything seemed to be much brighter and much clearer. And many ha people have that feeling and they say, well, my, I feel like my sense perceptions are really um, uh, sort of not aggravated but strong. And basically that happens simply because we've let go of something and we're seeing what's actually there. It's not so much that they have become um, different, but we have let go of our grip on how we think things should be, how we think things should look or feel or taste. So we're opening slowly to the world as it is. And the sense perceptions on this path are considered sacred because they are the way in to the moment. They only happen in the moment. So they're our doorway into the world of openness, the world that's actually um, primordial, before thought, before any activity comes into our minds, those moments of complete connection to our world and to our own hearts. So I think often meditation can be seen as something of an intellectual endeavor, like I'm sitting here, I'm watching my thoughts, I'm trying to figure myself out. But without our senses engaged, it's an empty endeavor. We bring the mind into the body and the body into the mind with meditation. It's a very physical act. And without engaging our sense perceptions and our senses, it's, um, it's sort of a lifeless endeavor. And it lacks nourishment. There's no nourishment there. So, I was meditating this morning, and um, my cat was sitting across from me on a chair. And I was pretty well settled in my meditation, but I have to admit I was having thoughts about tonight and this talk. And, uh, and suddenly I heard this piercing cry, piercing cry coming from a ways away. And I thought, what is that? Just completely popped me awake. And it got closer and closer. And I had no idea. This was, I had no idea what it was. And then suddenly, it was very loud. It was right on my fire escape. <laughs> and it was a blue jay. <laughs> you know, those piercing cries they have. And it was interesting because in the first cries, it, it just, it felt like, 
primordial. I had no idea what this was because I've never had a blue jay on, on my fire escape since I've lived in New York City. So it was very interesting. Um, my cat got up and ran to the window and I walked over and uh, there it was. And it, it sort of looked at us and it had something in its mouth and it just took off and it had landed in, um, my husband and I have a little herb garden out on our, our fire escape. And this was in the, um, oh, what was it? Um, I'm trying to think of that. The sage. It came from, the, it was in the sage pot. So anyway, from that, from that wake up, I walked over and sat down. And my cat came and sat right in front of me, and she looked up at me like, what was that? You know, she's looking at me. And I looked at her, I said, that was a blue jay. But we were both like really um, sort of shaken by that, and that it actually changed the atmosphere of the room. And, and she's not a cuddly cat, but she turned around, and she, she put herself right between my legs and just stayed there for a while like, Whoa, you know, we'll see what's going to happen next. But it was an interesting um, experience that even though we think we're meditating, we think we're there, the world is so much louder and stronger than our habitual thoughts. It can break in just like that. So, um, uh, and it said the world wants to communicate with us. It's constantly communicating with us. We're the ones that aren't listening. You know, it's like all we have to do is open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds. But it's, it's not so simple. Sometimes it's very, very difficult, especially in New York City. Um, and... Um, Also, I feel like in this time of uncertainty and tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, um, how do we maintain our own sense of ethics, our own sense of how could we maintain openness, optimism, um, intelligence, kindness during these times? How do we maintain it? It's, um, well, with practice, it's by not doubting ourselves and not doubting our own experience, which means we have to feel and hold both the beauty and the tragedy, the beauty and the suffering, both. We have to learn to feel and hold them both. But what I feel is happening, or can happen at this time, is people are getting buried by the tragedy and, and, and wanting to understand and, and read and find out what's going on, but I think we can almost become addicted to this um, constant newsfeed in a way and we can stop 
accessing the beauty. You know, it, it's, it, it, we really need to find some kind of balance, I think. And the way that, one of the ways we can do this is we could go further with opening to our senses, with opening to our sense perceptions. There's a possibility of relaxation. And, and this also comes with practice. So we begin to allow space around our thoughts, around our feelings, just allow space. So we could begin to allow space around our sense perceptions. And that space would give us more ability to simply be with those senses without dropping into habitual pattern or without dropping into um, addiction or, um, or just being overwhelmed by our senses. If we learn to allow that space, it's the same space that we cultivate in meditation practice. So, um, <clears throat> it's said that perception hits us first in our hearts. There, there is um, a level of Shambhala training that is taught level four, and we speak about this, this idea of our sense perceptions first hitting us in our hearts. First hit. So it's, it's very heartfelt. Heart. And then, if we can't hold it, it quickly goes up to the brain and we start analyzing and, and, and figuring out and we've lost that initial ah, hit. So, um, one of the ways that we can invite more openness and um, ease with our senses is to try to stay a little longer with that first hit of a perception. And we could actually give ourselves the space and time to go toward our perceptions toward the richness of our lives. We all have things in our life that um, sparks us or infuses us or makes us feel whole. And those things, each have, we each have our own way and our own experience, but we could go a little further into those things by opening and, um, and beginning to draw in experience rather than just, oh, that's nice, acknowledging it. So th there is um, a teaching, there is a... Um, a weekend program um, that 
is taught toward the end of, of some of the Shambhala teachings. And it's, it, it um, gives us a way to actually go into the richness of the world and allow ourselves to become closer and closer to those experiences that we find rich, that allow us to, we say, we talk about drawing in, actually consciously drawing in that energy, but we're also just opening to it further. And it's, it's sort of like having, stopping to have a conversation rather than just saying, oh, that's great, and moving on. But we could actually give ourselves a little more time. In fact, we have to slow down a bit and give ourselves some time to honor some of these rich experiences that come our way, to honor it and not, um, and to consciously draw it in. And this is something that is said um, when we do it properly, it doesn't cause harm, but it actually um, enriches us and, um, what's the word, fortifies us. It fortifies us. It's like we have a full experience of an encounter. It's very um, nourishing. And we do it naturally in certain situations. Maybe we have an art form where we, we fully engage, we know we can do it. There really is no separation between us and our experience, even for moments. Or, um, or we, we do a meditation retreat and we walk out and feel like we're just flowing through our world. There, there are no obstacles. So these are ways of actually dropping the boundary between ourself and our experience, between ourself and the world. But it's a little more conscious, and it is actually facing and having that energetic connection, being willing to dive into it, dive into it and let go, and not judge. And it's very important that you go in with no agenda, like, all right, there, there's this incredible thing I just saw, but who knows? I just want to explore. Just go toward it, open up, and see what happens. If we go in with an agenda, oh, this is going to be great, you know, I know this. I've experienced this before. It's done, it's done already. We've already ruined it. But again, these are, these are skills that we cultivate through meditation. Do you need some water? <laughs> I need some water. It's, it's, it's very dry in here. So, also, uh, we have everyday life opportunities to do this. Walking down the streets of New York 
anything and everything could capture us. I walked down the street, uh, one street today, and in front of me was this probably 11-year-old fearless kid juggling, juggling, so fearless and so confident, had three things going in the air, and um, that, you know, just that, I just let myself feel and connect with that energy. And then there was um, sun on, the, on a um, water tower. The sun was glistening off the water tower. Okay, there it is. But then go there. Be that. Be with that. It's really allowing ourselves to merge, to weave ourselves in with the world. Those perceptions are ours. And it's like there is this un- um, filtered, direct perception we can have of things and the world if we approach it this way. Um, so we're asked to just take advantage of those moments and, and go further, go a little further with them. So I thought maybe just we could do a little exercise here um, with some direction about doing just that. But if you want to just well, take your seat, which most of you are, and be somewhat upright. And now I'll just describe what I would like you to do is just in a moment um, kind of drop your agenda and sort of stay with your heart and just just let your eyes or your ears or your sense of touch just just look into look around maybe scan the room and feel yourself and let something capture you something that you find rich something that you find a magnetizing just let something come to you. You don't have to make it happen. Anything at all. And when you've found that, now have a sense of drawing that into you. Drawing it in. And then maybe a sense of diving into it without agenda, just letting that resonate. Back and forth. And when you feel that is full, you can just let go. Okay, did that make sense to you? Could you follow that instruction?
It's just allowing ourselves to stay open a little longer. <laughs> really, that's what it is. Just a little longer, you know, and let the world come in. It's so amazing, so amazing. It has so much to teach us. The other, um, the other part of this, in terms of strengthening, is how we set up our own environment, how we set up our homes. We could eat good food, the best that we can afford, wear good clothes, have, have order in our homes have brilliance in our homes, have plants, have flowers, all of these things that enrich our life and we could live with them every day. They're, they're great supports um, for us to enrich us and to strengthen us and to fortify us, just like having an incredible meal, fully beautiful meal and you're done and you feel fortified and happy, <laughs> and you look it, too. So part of this, this um, enriching kind of action is that we do this also for the world. We then embody that, and it's, it's seen. You can see it in people's eyes when they're full of something. They're full of something they love. You can see it in their gait, in the way they walk. So part of this is actually doing this to offer to the world, to tell the world that there is a way <laughs> to live and completely enjoy our lives. Um, So I, I, I did want you to do um, a, a dialogue with each other in a moment. Um, do you have questions around this, what I've presented so far? Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, you're talking about these moments whenever we can be present with the moment a little bit longer, allow it space, allow it to um, allow ourselves to really be fully present and then um, allow it to unfold naturally. Um, I suppose it would be wonderful if our life were an unending succession of those moments, but how do we choose the moments in the meantime? How do you choose the moments in the meantime? Yeah. Well, I, I think they kind of choose you <laughs> if you're open. You know, it's more about... Um, going out and noticing. Even that, that word, just noticing. You know, it's almost like we could have a posture of appreciation. All we want to do is appreciate. I just want to appreciate that flower. I just want to appreciate it fully. It's so beautiful. 
I want to give it its due and actually be it. <laughs> I want to be it, you know, that feeling of, ah, and, and we are. There is no separation, really. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm realizing actually that usually when I have that impulse when I'm walking around New York, yeah. I take my phone out and I take a picture of whatever it is that is doing <laughs> that, that to me and then I never look at it again. Yes. <laughs> so every time I want to take a picture, I just yes. stop and be there. <laughs> Inhibit the picture taking. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that too because I love yeah, photography. But it's, it's like we were in the museum a few weeks ago and... Um, I was so astounded that people would just come and take a picture. They were in the way taking pictures and not even looking at the art. Really, not looking at the art at all. Not taking it in at all. How do you connect to art at all if you can't really do this kind of practice where you let yourself go in and in and in and feel what's coming back at you instead of it's astounding to me that that is happening. It's a very commercialized way of looking at life because we're trying to acquire yes. something. It's like we're inquisitiveness, right? Yes, yeah. instead of being inquisitive, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, we invite you to leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. Shambhala NYC also offers a variety of meditation courses for meditators of all levels. Check out our upcoming programs at shambhalanyc.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.